0: we are back for episode 16 of the podcast thank you so much for joining me here today and for inviting me into your ears i'm robert massey and this is the travel and adventure photography school podcast today we are going to continue our dive into some of the fundamentals of photography and talk about a type of photography nearly everyone has at their disposal at all times and that's phone photography most people know this by now You don't necessarily need to have another camera with you as you can produce some pretty stunning results simply by using the phone you already have in your pocket. In a lot of cases, for those of us who are hiking or traveling, it's awesome to have such a highly powered camera that fits in a pocket or in your backpack and doesn't weigh 10 or more pounds. But too often, I see great photographers who take terrible pictures with their phones and simply people who don't know how to get the most out of this amazing device. That's why we're going to talk about it today. How do you get the most out of your phone to take amazing photos? So I'm going to give you eight pieces of information that should help you get the most out of your phone photography. All right, let's get going. Tip number one, shoot in RAW. Most phones today have the ability to shoot in RAW, On some, this can be accessed through the native camera app. On others, like the iPhone 11, for some unknown and very annoying reason, you have to use a third-party camera app. But you can still shoot in RAW. So do yourself a favor and avoid compressed files. RAW opens up a whole new world of editing options that simply aren't there if you're shooting in any other format. For those who don't know, RAW is the uncompressed digital file of a photo that contains as much information as your sensor could record. Other formats, like JPEG, can press and process the file, giving you far less information to work with. Essentially, you have more leeway in editing and can make more careful and deliberate changes to an image to bring out your artistic vision and the best parts of a photo. Recording in JPEG or any other format will give you less information to make edits with, and the camera will actually do some of the editing for you which isn't necessarily a great thing because most of them don't do it great. All right, we're already on to tip number two. That is to stay away from digital zoom. There are many, many, many phones that claim to have a massive zoom range because of their digital zoom capabilities. But digital zoom is terrible. Even with the advent of computational photography, phones just can't compare to actual optics. All right, all right, let's back up for a second. Digital zoom versus optical zoom, what is this? Optical zoom is when your phone uses the lens on it to zoom in on a photo. This is like using the two times zoom lens on the iPhone. You are using actual glass with elements and all those great compensations for light and aberrations to take the photo. Digital zoom happens whenever your phone leaves the available focal length of your optical zoom. It works like when you crop in on a photo in an editing program. It's essentially enlarging your image, not actually zooming in as we think of it with an optical zoom. Digital zoom increases the pixel size, decreases resolution, and decreases the image quality. This is particularly a problem given the tiny size of the sensors in phones. If you want to know more about sensors and how they affect your photography and all that kind of good stuff, you can see episode 15, the one right before this one, where we talk all about sensors. So for tip number two, only use the optical zoom on your phone. Anything else is just terrible and the image quality is not worth anything. All right, tip number three, don't use in-phone filters. Most phones will give you the option to shoot with a filter enabled, like adding extra warmth or enhancing vibrancy, and there are many reasons you don't want to do this, but I'm gonna give you two massive ones. Firstly, this takes away your ability to edit the image, the phone is making the editing choices for you and you will be severely limited in the way you can then go back and make changes to the photo after the fact. This is particularly a problem if you can't reshoot the image. If it was a once in a lifetime shot or if it was something that just happened spontaneously in front of you, it doesn't give you the chance to actually fix up that photo, especially if the phone screws it up. Secondly, phones overdo nearly everything every automatic editing process. They typically do things like blowing out colors and oversaturating the image or pulling way too much detail out in the shadows and overexposing images. Or they make people look very weird by way over taking all the pores out of their skins and all the wrinkles out and just like adding weird facial effects. Simply put, phones don't really know how to edit an image. So just do it yourself in post where you have a lot more control. It may take a minute longer but the results are going to be so much better halfway through already folks this is awesome tip number four get an app that lets you shoot in manual mode yes phones can in fact shoot in manual there are many people i've met who seem to think that you can only use your phone on automatic mode and this is simply not true some phones will let you shoot in manual by digging into the settings of the native camera app Others force you to download a third-party app to do this, but it is so well worth it. In particular, because I found that most phones' auto modes do a terrible job metering a scene for the available light and frequently overexpose images. Or don't know how fast subjects are moving and blur too much in the image, or think something is way too bright and underexpose things. Just like on a bigger camera, get out of auto mode. To go along with this, don't always let your phone choose the focus. Most phones will let you choose where it is focusing, and this can be an insanely powerful tool. Sometimes autofocus is going to do just fine in selecting what it thinks should be the subject, but not always. You will need to choose your focus at certain points, so get to know how to do this on your phone. We are going on to tip number five, and this goes along with the previous tip, but get a camera app you love to use. This is just like getting a camera that you love to use. You're much more likely to use the app if you actually enjoy the experience. So get one that lets you shoot in RAW and in manual mode. And then from there, it's going to be some trial and error to find the right one that fits your style. But there are so many different types of third-party camera apps available on the market for both Android and iPhone that you are going to find something that suits how you like to shoot you really want an app that you can use intuitively you don't want to be hunting around in the app trying to change settings or change the lens you are using or anything like that you want the camera app to be an extension of you as you shoot so spend that time to find the one that fits you and there are plenty of good camera apps some that are straightforward simple cameras ones that allow you to do special things like long exposures and so many different others personally i've been using the built-in camera in lightroom on the iphone And have not been enjoying the experience, so I've started playing with other apps to see if there is another one that suits me better. Now, typically, a good camera app will have some cost associated with it, and that can range anywhere between $2 and $25. But it is worth it if it is going to increase your ability to take great images. All right, tip number six, brace yourself and stabilize that phone. So often I see people holding their phone out at arm's length and putting themselves in unstable positions and trying to take photos that way. In a broad midday sun, that should be fine. You can likely get a fast enough shutter speed that it shouldn't really matter. But when light changes and it's dusk or you are inside a dark building, you will introduce a lot of unnecessary shake to the camera. Treat your phone like you would a big camera and brace it properly hold it close to your body hold it with two hands rest your arms or the phone down on a solid surface do what you can to reduce the shake you will put through the phone yes the phone is light but they don't typically have any sort of image stabilization built in so they are much more susceptible to all the movement you make with your body this is particularly true of all the fancy new night modes that exist which do an amazing, amazing job of stitching images back on top of each other, but the way they tend to work is not by taking a long exposure, but they take between three, five, seven different exposures and then layering them back on top of one another to create a better image. So if you try to do a night mode photo and you're moving a lot or you're at a weird angle and your hand is shaking or anything like that, the night mode is not gonna work whatsoever because it's gonna try and stitch images back together that are nowhere near lined up for them to do it properly. So make sure you brace your phone and you will get much crisper, much sharper, much better images. All right, tip number seven, accessorize. To go along with that previous tip, you may want to look at accessories for your phone to help you take better images. One of the big accessories is actually a tripod. I know, I know, I know, I know. Many people tout the advantages of a phone as not needing to carry around a heavy tripod anymore. And that's kind of true. You don't need to carry around a big tripod anymore. But a small, even tabletop tripod or something like a Gorillapod with a phone mount can massively upgrade your photos. Tripods stabilize your images and allow you to take photos that you otherwise can't on a phone. Like long exposures, time lapses, and even images inside buildings. So think about a tripod for your phone. And to go along with that tripod, you can also get neutral density and other filters for your phone just like you can for your bigger camera. These filters enable some truly amazing photography, like long exposures or removing reflections from glass with a polarizing filter. They let you take really high quality professional grade images right on your phone. The one accessory I would avoid for the most part though is those external lenses that are all over the place. Most of these on the market are made from junky optics that actually degrade your image quality. Yes, you might get a bit more reach or you may get a wider angle or some fun other effects, but honestly, they are not worth how bad they make your images look. Typically, they will just make your photo soft and blur away detail and they're just not worth it and you're spending money on something that you're going to use once and probably toss away in a drawer because it did not produce the quality of results that you thought it was going to. Alright, tip number eight. Learn about photography. Shooting on a phone doesn't magically change the way photographs are taken. The same basics of exposure still apply. The same ideas on posing and composition and color theory all still apply to the photos you take on a phone. Phones don't magically change this fact. They are still a camera using optics and sensors to record images. It's just in a different format than we've been used to in the past. And obviously you are interested in learning more about photography. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. So congrats, you're already doing something most phone photographers don't. You are learning about photography and this is probably the single biggest thing you can do to make your phone photography better. I actually wanna give you a bonus tip for today. So we're gonna do tip number nine and that's to get out of your comfort zone. Want to take better photos overall, not just on your phone? This is going to make a world of difference for you. Get out of your comfort zone and start looking for different and unique angles. People are often very afraid to look different than everyone else around them, to do something unique or to look foolish, but often the best images come from new perspectives. So get out of your comfort zone and start laying on the ground, looking up high in the sky, moving behind objects, and walking around a scene. This will give you a new angle and a new perspective on things, and when people look at your photos of an everyday object that they've seen hundreds of times from one perspective from a totally different angle, they're going to stop and look twice, and that's going to make your photography so much better. And getting over your fears of looking different will make a world of difference not just to your phone photography, but to your photography in general. So get out of that comfort zone and go do something you may think looks weird or strange. Just make sure you're safe while you're doing it. That's it. That's all. Those are your nine tips for getting the most out of your phone to create great images. If I had one piece of advice to give here, it's this. A phone doesn't change who you are as a photographer. The type of camera doesn't change who you are as a photographer. Learning about what makes a great photograph is the most important aspect of photography. Phones can take amazing images they have graced billboards and ad campaigns the world over but they also have their limitations as do full-frame cameras micro four-thirds and every single other type of camera in the world regardless of their inherent limitations or strengths the thing that matters the most in a good photograph is the photographer behind the camera and their vision not the gear in front of you. You are what matters the most in taking a good photograph. It does not matter what gear you are using. It is you that makes that difference. So go out with the camera you have and the gear you like to shoot with and take photos. And if you're one of those people who only ever shoots on your big, beautiful, full-frame camera, maybe try going out with just your phone. Challenge yourself, get out of that comfort zone and see what you can create with just your phone in your hands. And I think you'll find that if you use those same principles of photography that create amazing photographs on your full frame, that you will start creating amazing photographs on your phone as well. That's it for today, everybody. Thank you so much for being here with me today as part of our Fundamentals of Photography series. If you enjoyed the episode, or if you didn't, Let us know by sending us a message on Instagram at Travel Adventure Photo School or on Facebook at Travel and Adventure Photography School or you can even email us through the website by visiting travelandadventurephotographyschool.com. We love to hear from people. And if you have any thoughts on what the new episode should be or things you want to learn, let us know. This podcast and school are about you, the community. We want to grow up a huge community of photographers. So give us your input. Thank you so much for taking some of your valuable time to tune in today. Let's adventure soon, everyone. Bye for now.